0: When does a person receive their value? Are there any special circumstances in which abortion is justified? Welcome to Talk Truth, a McGregor podcast where we dive into scripture, gain insight from community, and biblically answer life questions. Talk Truth will answer life questions submitted by our listeners every other week. If you have a question for Talk Truth, you can submit your questions on our website. I'm your host, Chloe Weimer. Let's open the word, gather together, and talk some truth. Joined by my good friend, Jamie Holmes, a wife and mother of two and an RN. And also joining me is my friend and co-worker, David Asfor. Husband, father, science teacher, avid Star Wars fan. Um, today, we will be continuing our discussion on abortion. And if you missed the previous episode, you will have to make it a point to go back and listen to it. It was jam-packed with a lot of content that was heavy, but we did... Um, I, 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 the goal was to talk truth in love. And, um, again, abortion is not an easy topic and it certainly, um, can't be handled concisely. Like if, if we were, I'm sure David, if, um, one of your students raised your hand, raised their hand, I I mean, they have in my Bible class and they say like, um, why is abortion wrong? Or like, you know, they hit you with that question. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I, I need to that's not a, I can't just give you an answer, and
1: I need six hours of your time. yeah
0: <laughs> so I mean we we tried to do it concisely, um but we again tried to answer it truthfully and in love, and all of everything that we said was based on the Bible from which we through which we view the world. Um, and again, we know this uh, that this will be a sensitive topic for lots of people who listen to this. And I urge you to hang around until the end of this episode, because the message of Jesus Christ is hope and redemption. And that is the biggest thing. That's, that's why we're doing this. We do this for him. And um, in this conversation, we're going to be dealing with the biblical, uh, philosophy of being pro-life and addressing special circumstances and scenarios that are raised in the defense of abortion, and so that's that's a lot. That's a lot to try to get through, um, but we need we need the Holy Spirit. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for just your goodness, God, and thank you that you take everything that the enemy meant for evil and you turn it into good. And we just ask that as we talk about this sensitive topic, that you soften our hearts to what you want to teach us and that um, we are able to speak truth in love. In Jesus' name, amen. So, last episode was about the biology and the science of abortion. Um, and it's really hard to talk about that and not get into the philosophy of it. Um, we did define abortion, and I'm going to go through that definition one more time. Um, abortion, let me go through my notes, sorry. That abortion. Abortion, if you Google it, the Oxford definition is the deliberate termination of a human pregnancy most often performed during the first 28 weeks of pregnancy. And so we're taking that same definition and we're looking at it from a philosophical perspective. It was really hard to talk about it scientifically or biologically, however you want to say it, and not talk about it philosophically.
1: You know, what's interesting about that definition Hmm. is that you're terminating a pregnancy, not a person. Hmm. That's a very true, I mean, again, it's, it's wordplay. You're not terminating a pregnant, you are terminating a process, but in that process, you're terminating a life and they don't say it like that Yeah. because then it would just be murder, right? It it goes back to that same murder. You've just switched pregnancy for life. Yeah. It's now murder.
0: Yeah. It goes back to that same question of the, like my body, my choice, my, um, like the the embryo being an extension as if it were an extension and it's not its own life. And so to calling it a pregnancy, it's like, Oh, it's again, the woman's body, like she can do what she wants with it. So yeah, that's, I didn't even pick up on that. That's good. So for philosophy um, the first question that I wrote down to ask you guys was who gives a person value. And then I was also thinking like, when does, um, when, when does human life begin? Um, but then I, as I was kind of building on those questions, I was like, you know, what? I'll just go at this with who, what, when, if we were to do where, why, how, well, we know how we know, we know, <laughs> we know, we know how to get there, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, who gives a person value? So what do you guys have to say about that?
1: Your, your worldview is going to depend, is going is to determine that. So as a Christian, uh, our value comes from God. Uh, if you yeah. are an atheist or humanist or or anything in between, um, I guess society would. Um, it's that's kind of a tricky question. So it, with with Christianity, from a bi- biblical perspective, you have to remember one thing: when it when it mentions in Genesis, uh, when when God, the Trinity God, is saying, "Let's make man in our image," imago Dei, um, every human being has the image of God. So when we terminate a person, kill a person, hmm. we're basically killing the image of God. And that's why murder is such a big deal to God. Yeah. Um, you know, why it's not just that he created person A and person B and he gets upset when person A kills person B cuz like, "Hey, I made that. Don't destroy it." It's more of, "No, that both of those people bear my image." And hmm. when you kill them, um, you are basically slapping God in the face to a certain extent, um, and so if God intrinsically gives value to a human, then um, then that's where the value comes from uh, is God Himself. But then again, we we got into the last time um, is it you know is is a human is every human a person, and that's uh, another that's a question you have to ask, and so. Uh, from from a biblical perspective, there's no distinction. Human beings are people. Personhood yeah. is is intrinsic in there.
0: All right, that's a great answer. The next question is, what gives a person value?
2: Go, Jamie. Um, <laughs> I I feel like that's a lot of who gives my my person value. Um, um, I I feel like God gives us value. I know that's still who I I don't really know how to answer the, the, what
1: would you consider a janitor any worse or better than a lawyer? I guess, I mean, is, is it their profession? Yeah. Is it the, is it their, is it their mass? degree is or their body mass? I well, mean, well,
0: I also think back to when we talked about down syndrome before, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. how, um, like that, that, <laughs> that person can be looked at like they are not a human when they're in the womb, you know, right. but you wouldn't go up to somebody who has down syndrome and, and outside kill of them. Womb. Womb. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But what's so funny about the argument of like somebody having a disability is okay. Just because they don't handle life typically, like everybody else does quote unquote, everybody else. It doesn't mean that they're not happy, you know? So then is it your emotions? that give a person value because somebody who, I mean, get down syndrome out of your mind, even going back to, what did you say? The janitor janitor or the lawyer, the the janitor unhappy, you know, like maybe the lawyer hates his life, you know, but the janitor is making a lot less money, but he's way happier than the person who has money. Or is it, is it your economic status that gives you value? Is it fill in the blank, you know? So it's, it's, it goes back to philosophy and it goes back to like how, how you define it. And yeah. that's the whole thing too. It's, it goes, it's, it's very it's subjective. A, yeah. It's, very, it's very all subjective. about relative truth. Like yeah. you can't decide your own truth. Therefore we, if, if everybody decided their own truth, then this world, I mean, people do decide their own truth in this world. Right. And it's right, chaos. Yeah. And so we need objective right and wrong. That's the whole thing. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's the whole that's the whole thing. And right. you
1: could also get dark with it and say, you know, our, how much do body parts cost in the black market? Because that's literally a thing that happens with aborted fetuses. And, <laughs>
2: yes. Yeah. Um,
1: you know. Uh, Money what are for their,
2: intact parts. Yeah. Uh,
1: a lot of uh, uh, genetic research, a lot of um, vaccine research. There's yeah. all kinds of stuff um, that, that the parts are used for uh, stem cell research. Mm-hmm. So there is a monetary value yeah, associated definitely. with the parts of a person. Um, I mean, you can go, you can go donate blood plasma, don't not donate, but you can sell blood plasma. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there is a monetary value, but I I don't think the average person, even if they're pro abortion, uh, is that dark with it. Hmm. Most of them aren't. I think the average non-Christian, I'm trying to put my head in in the mind of a non-Christian is they would say the happiness thing. If the individual person is happy and if they bring happiness to others, that would be my best guess for mm-hmm. what they Like would what would
2: give value.
1: Yeah. As far as what gives value. Yeah. yeah. The, their and plenty con- their of people, contribution to humanity.
0: And plenty of people who have cognitive or physical disabilities are, they're some of the happiest people that I know, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so th- the fact that that argument is even made, or it's even like brought up when a woman is having that ultrasound and she is faced with the same thing that you talked about before with what could have happened with Camilla, you know, um, doesn't, doesn't take away from the fact that the baby is a baby, whether it's in the womb or not. Mm -hmm. Correct. And so we talked about who gives a person value, what gives a person value now, when do they receive that value? And, um, I do have something to say, but I want you guys to answer it first. When do they, when do you think that they receive value? (sighs) It's well, all subjective. Yeah.
1: Again, it's <laughs> subjective. But I would say, uh, you know, one thing uh, being a parent, you could probably, we, re, we would relate on this is that when you see that little pregnancy test come positive, I mean, you instantly have an emotional reaction. Um, and you know, if we were able to tell that we were pregnant earlier than that, yeah. we would have that, you know, right. if, if we were able to determine the moment of fertilization we'd be jumping up for joy. Uh, yes. It's just that right. it, it requires, um, you know, some time for the right hormones to get tested.
2: Right. Well, and Chloe, you and I had this conversation, actually, I believe it was last night. Um, um, you know, when Cameron and I were trying for our first child, um, the, I I thought I was pregnant the month before I actually we actually conceived, Camilla and um, when I found out I wasn't pregnant um, I, I suffered a loss like I, I feel like I was emotionally attached to something but it's funny because that something wasn't there but but it had value to me, even though it, it wasn't there like I thought there was something there. Mm-hmm. like for four days I was like I'm pregnant mm-hmm. you know and and I'm and I felt like I was bonding with something, you know um, and I and I did I, I felt a loss like mm-hmm. praise Jesus I have I have not had miscarriages. I feel like I have a, a little uh, piece of maybe the the sadness for for women that have um, had miscarriages or have had abortions and later uh, regret it because I I had a, a little bit of that loss feeling, even though there, there wasn't a life there. I thought there was, yeah, I can't even imagine like the I, pain of no. Yeah, yeah, I can't.
1: This is kind of silly, but when I was in college, I had a very vivid dream. And this is when I was engaged to Lorraine that um, she had a baby and I wasn't there for the birth. And I felt horrible in the dream. And then I woke up and I was it was such a vivid dream. I was mourning that whole day that this person that never existed. Right, yeah. Wow. And so it's kinda of similar it's yeah. a little bit similar to that, yeah. but it's like the the I guess the when is, you know, immediate. It's immediate. Right. It doesn't matter that, that I yes, as a biologist, I know it there it's it he, she is just a ball of cells. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't matter because again, mm-hmm. the the value is intrinsic, it's not functional.
0: Yeah. And that God, that's a God-given attachment you know that that women have, men have, you know it's that's definitely not by happenstance that it's
1: not no. it's not what that that developing baby can give for you right at that moment. it's what the potential is mm-hmm. right and it's the same thing when you when you get engaged to somebody, it's not that they're not your spouse yet, so what are you excited about? You're excited about the potential
0: mm-hmm. and right. so.
1: Uh, or, or you know, something non-related to people. You know, you're building a house, mm-hmm. and it's just a empty field with dirt. You're excited, yeah, right, but not over the dirt. It's the potential, yeah. yeah. So I would say it should be immediate, but
0: yeah. that's yeah. just me. But the subjective. Yeah, subjective, the biblical <laughs> argument. I mean, there are lots and lots of biblical arguments, but the one that I chose to talk about is Luke one thirty-nine through forty-five, um, and this is when Mary was pregnant, and she went to her cousin, Elizabeth. Uh, It says in those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you young women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why? Why? Is this granted to me, the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And every time I read that, it just like I don't know, it just I I just get so excited because I'm like, if if John the Baptist, you know, like was was the first one to leap for joy, at, at the coming of the Messiah? Like I, I don't know, it's just amazing. I can't even put yeah. into words how. how the it Bible doesn't me. have
1: any different word, to my knowledge, for a baby in the womb versus a baby outside the womb. I'm, hmm. I'm pretty sure it's the same exact word. There's no, there's no difference there.
0: Yeah, it, yeah, baby it's in the child, in the baby child. Right. Yeah. yeah, so true. Okay, so we're gonna transition into a completely different. Type of the rest of, I mean, the rest of this episode is not going to sound the same as this. So I'm going to um, kind of bring up some common arguments with special cases that someone who is pro-choice might argue. And so... I just want to hear your medical or biological, however you would respond scientifically um, or even politically, whatever comes to your mind um, based on the Bible, of course, (laughs) or truth. So um, one of the most common arguments is rape or incest. And that's pretty similar because in a lot of cases it's the same. So how? What if? What if that happens? And again, I want to make it very clear that we we know that this is a very difficult thing to talk about. um, But Christ redeems that, and if again, if you stay until the end of the episode, uh, we will be talking about the gospel and how He does turn all evil for good. So how would you respond to somebody who argues that in the case of rape or incest, it would be justifiable?
1: Well, I can give a very simple one and then give it over to you. Cause I, I think too much like a biologist in, in the case of rape or incest, it's still a child. It's still a human, it's still a person. And so terminating that, uh, that child is not going to undo or give justice to the, the mother in that case. And, and I want to make light of the rape, uh, or the incestual the relationship, but it's, you're not going to solve anything or fix anything. And it's still a person mm-hmm. with intrinsic value. Um, and and the, the rape is, I, under, I kind of understand the rape one, but with the incest one, I mean, I, I know the argument is incestual relationships can lead to deformed or disabled children, but that's not necessarily the case. So you can't just say it's automatically going to be a disabled child. But yeah, it's it's still a child. So I, f- um, from my biological functional definition, um, I don't see a justifiable reason to terminate that child. Mm-hmm. Go after the rapist is my opinion, but not the child.
2: Right. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I would say first and foremost, just like David said, it's it's a child. There's... No way around that. That's objective. That is not subjective. Um, The next thing that I would say is I feel like the, and I can't say this for sure, but I feel like the um, most, most of the reason that you would want to abort um, this baby would be, like he said, to try to fix the problem. But that's not going to take the pain of that sin, that aggression that was against you, that's that's not going to take the pain away. Hmm. Um, and, that's very true. and And I can't say how I would feel if it was, um, if, if that had happened to me, but I hope that I would feel like this um, isn't just a part of some terrible thing or terrible person that did this to me. This is also... Um, this is also half of my dna this is also in the image of god even though it came about in such a horrific way and um i mean you've you've said this i think even in in this episode and in the previous episode god can take anything and and make it beautiful and the bible says that mm-hmm. so um i feel like it's n- in a way not trusting god to turn this horrific thing into do uh, an amazing testimony. Yeah. And most of these
0: scenarios are really, are, are extremely rare in um, the, in the show notes, you can find the link to um, the source that David used. And I have, like reviewed that link, and I, one of the things that I wrote down was that 0.3% of abortions are done because of rape. So that's a vi- like 0.3. That's a right. very small number. Um, but just because it's extremely rare, it doesn't mean that the issue isn't there. I will say that. Um, but the real issue at hand is not whether or not the life or well-being of the mother is truly being considered. It's again we talked about it in the previous episode it's the issue of self-idolatry you know like it, the trajectory of your life how your life is going to go your happiness and as christians this is a really hard thing to 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 say to hear and to process but god has not called us to a life of happiness you know and he hasn't called us to he hasn't promised that that everything is going to be easy in life if anything God watched his own son be murdered, you know, and that is not an easy thing to do. So why, why would we think that we deserve anything better than what his own son endured? You know, it's, it's, again, I, I, and I want to make clear that like we are doing our best to be compassionate, but there are things in, in, the scriptures that, that are just evident and they need to be talked about. And this is one of those things. And just beca- just because something sounds good doesn't necessarily mean that it's true or that it's beneficial. Um, and so that also kind of leads into the next question, which taps into what we talked about with um, it being difficult, is, is what it, what if the life of the mother is in jeopardy? What would you guys say about that?
1: Um, I actually would have a question for you. I don't know if you're trained or taught about the procedure of triage, uh, and I may be not using the term correctly, but when I I hear that objection, my thought process goes to this. I think about a medical (coughs) professional. They want to uh, preserve the life of everybody. So if a medical professional comes to a scene, a horrific scene, and there's just one of them and there's people everywhere, how do they respond? And I'm pretty sure they have, like they they go and they find people that they can help and help them. And if there's somebody that they know they can't help, they make the hard decision not to help them. Right. And so I think that the average medical professional would approach the situation like that. Um, Don't kill the one, but try your best to save both. And if you can't, I mean, there's a difference between saving the mother and then the baby dying because of not neglect, but just the, the, he's saving the mother, the doctor saving the mother and the baby dies versus actively killing the baby, right? right?
2: Yes. And, and I would say that we, um, I'm, I haven't been trained in like, um, disaster relief, um, outside of the books, but yes, you would be correct. Like we go around, if, if someone is going to take all of your time You go and, and as terrible as that may sound, you try to save more people um, than going to the one that's going to possibly still die anyways. So I would say in that case, um, just like David said, you don't actively terminate or kill a baby. Um, You do your best to um, help the mother in whatever—I mean, it's a very vague— scenario but you do your best to help the mother however you can because ultimately you helping the mother is is going to help the baby mm-hmm. too you know so um yeah i i don't say you neglect the baby or you necessarily put the baby first because in order to even your, your main focus is going to be on the mother either way um if the baby does die because of whatever health issues are going on or if the, or the baby could live because you've in turn helped the mother. But, um,
1: it's such a vague question. Yeah. Like what, what specifically are you yeah, talking about? I, Cause if you help the mother, if you focus on the mother, it's going to the help baby the baby. will take care of the the, the, the baby, the pregnancy will take care of itself. Right. Um, to kind of up the ante on what you're saying. I think a, I've also seen this in this article is that women who have cancer, um, should, you know, if they're pregnant, a well, lot of the cancer treatments, chemo, yeah, like something that's like a much that. more powerful, a strong, because again, the kind of arguments that you're presenting to us mm-hmm. are the, are the mic drop moments that these people try to throw at you. Yeah. Um, and and m- many times they're red herrings. They, they're not really their straw man argument or something like that. Uh, but uh, in this article, which will be in the show notes, they, he, he re- refers to multiple studies and cases where they can still do cancer treatment. Uh, and so that's not even an issue. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, what exactly is going on? Are we talking about an ectopic pregnancy, which is deadly anyway? And usually it dies on its own. Right. Yeah. Um, are, I mean, again, when we're talking about the process of abortion, we didn't get into that. It's kind of, it's kind of dark and and nasty, but the procedure is horrible. Yeah. So then that's generally done at a later stage. So, I don't know. You'd have to be very specific in that, but I would say the average person, the average Christian, the average believer, the person who's pro-life would say, do everything you can for both of us, the the mother
2: and and the baby. Mm -hmm. And God is sovereign. Yeah. Whatever his will is, will, will be.
0: Yeah. So how should Christians respond to someone then who has had an abortion? Um, or how should they themselves respond if they've had an abortion? I
2: can't. I can't imagine the pain and guilt that a believer would feel. Um, a woman having had an abortion, especially if she's had more children too, because you see your child and you. You love, and, and and if you have more than one child, you love each of them in their own way, mm-hmm. and you see these unique personalities even from birth. Like my son is five months old, and he's like, he's been showing his personality since he was two months. You mm-hmm. know, so I mean, you see, um, just the evidence of a creator. I feel like um, that's when you just need to put emphasis on, you know, we all sin, yeah. like like David said earlier. You know. Um, if you've hated, you've committed murder. You know, so we're we're all murderers in that sense, and none of us deserve um, Christ or to live with Him eternally. But if we do turn from our sins and repent and follow Him, like His His grace is sufficient; it will cover whatever. Yeah. So
0: I love what you you said at first. Like I can't imagine the guilt and the verse that came to my mind um, he himself bore our sins and his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds you have been healed like he he took all of our guilt and iniquity on him and we don't have to bear it anymore you know and so responding to somebody who is who's going through this just responding to them with the gospel we don't right. you don't need Oh, you are you're still wonderful. You don't need like all this crap self-love right. talk. You need to tell people like no, like we should feel guilty for our sin, but we need to leave that guilt at the cross and walk away from it and and trust that God handled it 2000 years ago and he died on the cross and walked out of the grave. So,
1: yeah, if if somebody came to me and and admitted they had an abortion and they they felt guilty about it, my my response would be, well, I'm a murderer too. Like like we were saying before the show, um, uh, Jesus really upped the ante on the definition of murder. If you hate somebody, you're a murderer. And that pretty much puts every single human being uh, in the category of murder. Even if you just hated somebody for a split second, uh, that's murder. So in God's eyes, uh, you are just as bad as, you know, any mass murderer, any person who's had an abortion—you mm-hmm. know—the the Apostle Paul said he was the worst sinner ever. Uh, he didn't even do any murder; he just condoned the murder. Yeah. Uh, King David literally killed people, and he set up the murder of somebody uh, to, to get him out of the way. And you know, he repented, and he was still called a god, a, a man after God's own heart. Yeah. So you know, a and woman the thing who's that God delayed is no different
0: the thing that God delighted in the most was the broken heart that he brings a, br- yep. a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you do not despise. In Psalm 51, like that, if there's anything that you can bring to God, it's the fact that you need him and the fact that you, you are guilty without him. Um, man, it's, uh, uh, yeah i i think that we need to just close this actually because that i we've really just jam packed both episodes and man this is if you're listening to this in Fort Myers this is like a typical Fort Myers drive at about 5:30 p.m. on 41 <laughs> it's good traffic um listening um and thank you both for spending your time with talk truth tonight and i have learned a lot from you. I've understood things, um, scientifically for not being a science gal. I just, it was a, it was easy to comprehend both in the previous episode and this to our listeners. If you didn't catch that previous episode, please go back and, and listen to it. And, um, thank you also for, for listening to this episode today. We also want to know what have you learned from today's episode and how has God challenged you? How will you apply what you have learned? Go ahead and leave it in the comments. However, you're listening to this and, Thank you, listeners, for spending your time with us. If you haven't yet connected the, connected with us online, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and be sure to check out our other McGregor podcast channels. Just head over to talktruthpodcast.com for all of the details. We would love to hear from you, so please write us a review however you're listening to this. Thanks for listening, and remember to talk truth.